Hello everyone and welcome to the Bit Effect. Today we are talking about Hitman. The wonderful film with the bald guy. Timothy Olyphant. Oh, Font. yes. Timmy loves elephants. Not a good film. No, it's, no it's not. No. Um what's worse, the Hitman film or the Max Payne film? The Hitman film. Easy. Really? Uh, I can't stand yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Ah, uh, see, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd take, give or take him. Okay. Um, the Hitman is just, uh, uh, Hitman is too precious to me. That it just heart the soul. Which is weird, because you think out of the two, it would be the easiest to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, like, you can muck it up by having Hitman have, like, a love interest and a voice. That's a good point. And feelings. Um... They went quite wrong. Um, so, so is this intro. Uh, why don't you play some music and then we'll get in on it. Yes, yeah, so as you can hear, we've already discussed the film, Hitman, so we figure why not discuss the game, Hitman, uh, 2016 version. With me to snipe people in the head are, hmm, let's see. Uh, Craig, your code name is Smokin' Aces. Wow. Uh, and Mike, your Smoking code answers? name is, no, you shall be the Jackal. Oh, okay. I don't remember if that was Richard Gere or Bruce Willis, but you're one of the two. I think it was Bruce Willis. Perfect. Richard Gere. Yeah, I can't remember either. Maybe that was Mercury Rising. I don't remember. Hold on, there's a... Oh, Mercury Rising was Bruce Willis. Was that? Okay. Wait, wasn't he in The Jackal? I think he was. I'm, I'm typing it as fast as I can. The... <laughs> Jackal. Film. It was... Bruce Willis. Was Richard Gere in oh. it? He was in it as well. Okay, but all right. Bruce Willis was actually the Jackal. Oh, okay. So was he also Mercury in Mercury Rising? Uh, let's just have a look. Mercury Rising. Bruce Willis was... No, he was not Mercury. He was Rising. Oh! All right, uh, so, so Mike, you're Bruce Willis, and Craig, you are... I don't remember who was in Smoking Aces, so I'm just gonna say Vinnie Jones. Hmm? Can I? Can I not? I don't want to be Vinnie Jones. How dare you? An How? Andre Three Thousand. Isn't Andre Three Thousand in? Oh Smoking yeah. Aces? Okay, you can be Andre Three Thousand. No, I want to be Jason Statham. Um, no. Yeah. Nobody wants. Not even Jason Statham wants to be Jason Statham. Look at how angry it makes him just to be Jason Statham. I love that man. I love that man. Anyway, uh, anyway. Anyway. All right. So welcome to our Vinnie Jones versus Jason Statham podcast. Hmm. Um, anyway. Okay. So, uh, yes. School Craig, Mike, we are here to discuss a game that is incredibly special to you, Craig. This is your, like, yes. your security blanket. It really is. Yes. Uh, so why don't we go over the... Oh, my gosh. There's sirens going on now. So why don't we... I'll go over our history... And, uh, well, Craig, we might as well... Do you want to end or start? Well, do you want me to do the stats as well? And I yeah, could... yeah, you know what? We should totally do stats. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm out of it. 
No, don't worry about it. I'll do stats and then I can just give my history okay. and then take it from there. Sure. How about that? So, uh, Hitman was developed by IO Interactive, published by Squeenix. Uh, it was directed by Christian Elverdam, uh, designed by Jesper Heiling. Lots of programmers, lots of artists, lots of time went into this game, which is great. It's been released on Windows, PS4, Xbox One, Mac OS, and whatever else. And it was released in 2016 in an episodic fashion, which we can talk about at some point because it did cause some controversy. It did. Um, and kind of like genre-wise, you're talking third-person, kind of like social stealth assassination sandbox. I think that's actually quite a concise way to describe it. <laughs> kind of a mix between like Assassin's Creed and Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, 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 that's quite good. Um, yeah, and that is the start. So my history with Hitman as a series, has has been deeply ingrained in my body since the first Hitman and has always been a part of my life. So through to Hitman 2016 when it was coming out, I was overjoyed and excited and elated that there was going to be a new Hitman. And not only was there going to be a new Hitman, that it was going to be different. It was going to give you more opportunities to kill, more ways to be stealthy, more just really deep engaging experience I totally I was on the hype train I was in love with it from the moment I learned about it and the episodic nature of it didn't dent my enjoyment or excitement in the slightest I was on camp I trust IO I suppose uh not a lot of people were um but again that didn't that didn't stop me from being excited so I played a lot of the game then, I never played it all. I've got this habit of just with Hitman, actually. It's actually just with Hitman. Um, of I, I still haven't finished Hitman 2, for example, because I, I love the gameplay so much that I need to have a backup store. I haven't played the DLC for the first game. I haven't played the DLC for the second game. I need to have a pool of Hitman where at some point I'm going to load a new level in Hitman 2 that I've never seen before and I'm going to spend days and days and days just wandering around it um, and soaking in everything. And Dave, you've watched me stream Oh, I was going to say, if anybody can take days and days and days to play a single Hitland level, it's you. Yeah, um, I think I must have I must have went from about midnight till about three in the morning with you just watching me play a level of Hitman. It was, it was bonkers. I, uh, yeah. It wasn't boring to watch, but it was uh-huh. baffling to watch. Yeah, um, so I I am a particular Hitman type player. I think I make the most of it. We can go into whys and hows and everything about the mechanics after, but I I just I really dig it. It's it's my jam one hundred percent. One question, um, mm-hmm. and then Mike, we can get your history. Uh, IO Interactive. Yes. Have they done anything else? Don't think so. Have they? They did uh, Kane and Lynch games. Oh, oh so they're they the did. Kane and Lynch guys. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did Mini Ninjas as well. And they did they, uh, they had... Freedom Fighters. Okay. Do you know? Do you remember Freedom, Freedom Fighters? Fighters? It's like a, I do. In, in, in PS2 New York game? or something like that. And it's yeah. all like... I can't remember. Some Either Russia or Germany are trying to take over and... Like a, yeah, it was a like Home Front. Yeah, it was, it was good. And you like recruited people, ran around with them. Uh, I always, I always thought IO were sort of technically 
um, like another company involved in that time where you got like the uh, oh, what are those those stupid telekinesis games which both came out about the same time. Oh, um, the Psyops and Second Second Sight. Yeah, I always thought IO could have made like the third one of those to complete the trilogy of random psychic based games <laughs> at the time, but they didn't. But uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, I think judging by the state of IO, IO was a completely different company by the time it got to the Hitman 2016, and it was an even differenter company by the end of development, and an even differenter company by yeah. Hitman 2. Yeah, they got so it's, dumped by Squeenix, right? Yeah, they did, and I, they lost a lot of staff, they had to get new staff in, it was a complete car crash right the way through development, um, it sounds like it's actual hell. Wonder why? So, do, yeah. do we know why Square Enix dumped them? Uh, the actual the release or the release the um, reception of Hitman One tanked so hard that and, and they were losing money. They were the first the Paris level took two and a half years to develop. Doesn't surprise and, me. Yeah, it's that was the one where the, oh, this is too much chat now. But they were obviously like testing how they were their approach to Hitman, but. It was just too much for them. So they ended up, they get canned, they lost a lot of people, but then they struck up a deal to keep some funding to finish the game. And then that's that's what carried them through. Well, it would have been a shame to build this really, really in-depth engine and then only have the Paris level. Boy, that would be a shame. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think you'd still be playing it, but... You know, I would, I would still, I still, I still, still, still can open up like that Paris level, and I'll still wander about and be just be happy. They've they've said in interviews that it's the most complex level they've ever made because it had the most ideas to try and figure out what was right, and it really, it's really rich. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to talk about it, uh, mm-hmm. Mike. About your history with the Hitman franchise, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I heard about IO Interactive and stuff around the time the first Hitman came out. Um, I I had a quick go on it, and I found it very, very basic. I really bounced off it. I thought it was really a... felt sort of sluggish, tank-like. Um, it just didn't feel right. So, uh, so, from that point, I sort of ignored... I like the music, if I remember right, but I sort of bounced straight off that, and then a little later... I came across Hitman 2 and um, I think I must have played that for probably about 40-50 hours and I was I was absolutely absorbed in it I used to absolutely love it, sort of going through concealing weapons, trying not to go through metal detectors, all that sort of stuff uh, a lot of that sort of the DNA which continues to this day to be honest but um, then yeah I played, played Freedom Fighters at the same time, roughly uh, a lot of PC gaming um and then I went quiet on them because, like, Hitman, Blood Money, Absolution, all those, I, I don't even know the order of them, to be honest, but I just sort of, I liked Hitman too, and I thought I'd had my fill, I thought, they're not really going to offer me much more than that, so why bother? Uh, and then finally my, my brother picked up a PS3, and one of the bundled-in games he got was Kane and Lynch, <laughs> which, <laughs> I, if I remember right, had, it was a rubbish game, but... Yeah, it was. It, did have a split screen two player co op mode if I remember right, which we both sort yeah. of we had fun. We completed it. In fact, so much that I uh, I went 
went on to play Kane and Lynch 2, which was it, was, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. It was absolutely panned, but I, I sort of had an okay time with it. There were um, some dog days. Eh? There were some real dog days, Kane and Lynch 2. Yeah, there was some weird, there was <laughs> all true, yeah, but the, the weird sort of, it reminded me a bit of like Manhunt or something with weird camera lenses and all that sort of stuff, but eh, it was How okay. How you bring that one up? Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good while later when I finally came on board. In fact, I was quite hesitant to play any more Hitman, but you know, knowing that Idos had been picked up by Square Enix and so on, I sort of I was always hesitant a bit of the you know the other other side of Square Enix to be honest. But uh, you know, I, I finally got around to Hitman, and it's not like I've had a lack of opportunities because it's been given away on just about every platform I've got. Um, either yeah. by bits or in whole through actual PS Plus and Epic Game Store, etc. But uh, yeah, I'm here now, and I'm I'm gonna guess Hitman Two is gonna be in in my uh, in my hands at some point through the same sort of means as well. But uh, we'll see. Um, uh, Hitman for me when when the first one came out, I think it was what around 2000? 2001 hmm. maybe. Was, no, two thousand, I think. Okay. Um. I kind of looked at it the same way I looked at Manhunt, which you, which you just said, Mike. Um, it kind of looked, yeah, that looks okay, but I have Splinter Cell or Metal Gear Solid if I want stealth. You know, I, I'm not a big stealth guy, so it, it didn't really click. And uh, what was the one with the nuns? Was that two or three? Is it the bit based on the um, the actual intro screen of that game? It's got the Ave yeah. Maria and everything. Yeah, yeah, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it is too. Okay, well, wait. Absolution is the Powers Booth one, right? They they did they did feature a big CGI introduction to one of the later Hitman games, which did have the scene that you're you're saying there as well about nuns running okay. around with guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really 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 squiffy in my memory. But um, oddly enough, after I had played the one that I played, not too sure which, um, I got, I got very big Lara Croft vibes off of it. Of like, oh, okay, it's like a stealth Tomb Raider. Um, so I kind of didn't touch it. And then uh, Games with Gold gave me Absolution for free. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I played the opening level where you're making your way to that guy's house. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I just kind of went, eh, if I feel like stealth, I'll play it. And that was it. That, that was the entire Hitman franchise for me. Um, I, I held it below uh, Metal Gear Solid, Splinter Cell. It was it was just kind of, oh, yeah, that's an also-ran. Until I met you, Craig, and you, you spooged all over Hitman 2016. I'm like, well, okay, th- this has got to be great. So I, I tried it, and I didn't quite get what you were talking about. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. And then I played, okay, Hitman 2. And Hitman 2, of the new ones, not the old ones, uh, is where it really clicked. And it's like, oh, I got it. Um, and so... Anytime I have to play Hitman 1, I don't know what it is about the Hitman 2 engine, but something clicks more for me with the Hitman 2 engine. So they were nice enough to offer me the chance to pay to put Hitman 1 into Hitman 2. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was like, well, okay. So anytime I go play Hitman 1, including this time, uh, I do it through the Hitman 2 engine because something about it just feels better. I don't know what. Uh, How did you guys play? Did you guys actually play like Hitman Season 1 or did you play Hitman Season 1 through Season 2? I did both. I 
I did just play purely uh, Hitman Hitman One as as it was released, pretty much in its latest update. But I did I did play the demo for Hitman Two, and I know exactly what you're talking about because there's there's definitely a disconnect where it feels more optimized. It feels a bit more sort of. I don't know why, because I did ask you guys early and before recording, um, should I play it through Hitman Two, and I I didn't. I just stuck with what I had. But no, you know, no, that's but fine. But I, I did actually switch over from the PS4 Pro when pretty much the the night before I sold it, um, I I switched over to the PC version. So I I don't know. I could be playing a weird amalgamation of it through the PC version. Um, I'm not sure. Craig. All I know is it was 60 frames per second. But I'll shut up for my um craig uh yes you, you know way more about this than than i do uh so what exactly did they change with hitman season two i mean i know i know we're not talking about it but uh this is more if somebody's interested should you buy two and play one through it or should you just play one in your opinion um to be honest the differences aren't that great so the things that are different in hitman 2 so you you can start with a briefcase, so you can have a sniper rifle and a briefcase and carry it about. Um, you get picture-in-picture. Picture. You know that wee picture when a body is found in Hitman, the original 2016? You didn't see what oh, was found, but your new right. one. You see the, the person approaching the picture. You In Hitman 2016, you could not blend into a crowd, which is the big one. You, can, you just can't blend into a crowd in that kind of crowded away and there also is no long grass for you to hide in as well in the original hitman um i was about to say because i i'd bump shoulders with people and they'd be fucking on my case i'd walk a half a millimeter past a a, a, a line and this ring it's like a I mean, Metal Gear Solid 4 it was like a, a ring around you wasn't it which would, in fact it was a peace walk i think which would show you where the enemy is and what their alert level is and stuff, but yeah. it felt like instead of this line sort of slowly zooming around to a circle, it'd just go, zoof, <laughs> they're on your mm-hmm. case, and that was it. it was wanted man searching, stay in a yeah. corner for eight eight or nine minutes, but yeah. 90, the, the, the nice thing, get, get, getting into like the technicalities of Hitman, the nice thing about the 2016 one and the or just the nice thing about the first one is see for like 90% of the, the restricted areas if you just don't do anything the worst that'll happen is a guard will escort you out back to a public space they won't instantly like if it's only if you start if you do a runner or something like that that they they get a bit antsy so I didn't need to break that guy's neck no you could have just stood there and he would be like follow me sir and you'd be escorted out <laughs> To the public space. Well, little Timmy doesn't have a father now. Yeah. It's actually, it's a really good trick. If you want to get into a prohibited space, walk into it, let the guard escort you away, and muddle them in the hall. Or, or knock them out in the hall, nick their clothes, and then you can just walk through. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so this is, this is, and I'm curious to see how, how Mike fares with this, because this has been the biggest dichotomy between me and Craig on way Dave does things, way Craig does mm-hmm. things. Mike, mm. how intricate are you? I I think I have some sort of screw loose <laughs> which will stop me from executing what could otherwise be a perfect plan on very <laughs> frequent occasions. I, 
I suss the mechanics. I, I figure out what to do. If I get to a point where I can't find another option, I'm just going to have to hit the hit the trigger and <laughs> start racking up the body body count. But it's sort of I do know I, my heart is in the right place until things go to shit. And it's usually <laughs> it's usually as as we're learning now from the change between season one and season two, it's that extremely sort of critical eye of the guards which was causing that a lot i think if i was playing this in hitman 2 it might have been a safer thing but no i did i did kill a lot i went in with one simple rule and that was only kill the targets uh i don't know are we counting are we counting <laughs> wanging someone upside the head with a thrown wrench as mm. killing them I wouldn't. Because only if you snap their neck after. Well, no, and it would never snap no. their neck after. Uh, no. So, so I'm about as lethal as Batman, unless you're the target. Yeah. I think that's that is that's the key to it. I mean, there's a few keys to this, but like rewinding back one step should probably explain what the point of the game is. We probably I, should. To... So the point of Hitman um, is. Basically, you're given, as I said in the intro, a sandbox area and some targets you have to kill, and you are a hitman. Uh, the area is an enclosed sandbox, and in the first level of the first game, not including the training mission, it is a um, fashion show inside a Paris mansion. So in that mansion, there are about 300 NPCs, all with their own AI, and you have to figure out a way to get to your two targets and assassinate them. Now, your two targets, I think it's Dahlia and Navikov well, well, hold or something on. like that. Um, remember, we're going to... Uh, the way we have this split is the first one's going to be about mechanics, and the second one will go in-depth on each mission and say how we did them oh, yeah. and things like that. I'm not going to say how oh, we did okay. that, Renan. I just want to explain a bit about the mechanics, because yeah, sure. there, there's different mechanics for those two characters on purpose to try and like lay out the game. So th those two characters that you've got to kill, one of them is what the the technically is called like a dweller. They stay in a certain area. So Dahlia stays upstairs in that wee auction area mm. and just roams about in there. And she just she's very much in her box and you need to find a way to infiltrate a, an auction so you can do X, Y, or Z to get up there. Whereas the other guy, Nabokov or Navikov, whatever his name is, is what they call a roamer. So he will walk on a loop to the bar to get a drink and to the makeup area to point at someone and shout that they're not doing a good enough job to the fashion show area to then go out and do a speech at the fashion show. And the whole point of the game is to, for me, it's to look at this, try and figure it out like a puzzle. It's essentially a big moving puzzle. And then use X, Y, or Z mechanics like stealing a uniform or hiding or murdering to death everyone in the room. I assume some people use that mechanic, Dave. Uh, um, some, not I, but some. <laughs> some some do. And, and that's it. That's the point. Is The point is you've got this big sandbox. You've got any number of tools, weapons, outfits, and AIs in there to try and take advantage of. Uh, I do want to state one of the things that I think, at least in my memory, I remember we're getting squiffy here, 
uh, that sets this apart from earlier Hitman games is there you can very much control your level of help because there are things called Hitman stories. And it's basically like, okay, um, click this first objective. Okay, it says to go here. If you go here, oh, pick up a wrench and then it'll tell you mm -hmm. go over here to use it. It's it very much um, a tutorial on how to kill this person a sneaky way. And there are a bunch of these different hitman stories. Like, do you kill him with a cold fish? Do you drown him in tomato soup? Do you do? There's there's a lot of different ways that this can go, but they always guide you through one or two of them. They do. Um, there's two different types of those. There's one called opportunity, which is like if you're at a bar and someone's like, "Oh, I can't believe how shaky that scaffolding is that they've used for that." You're like, "Oh." Because then Diana comes on the mic and she's like, hmm, that's interesting, 47. Why don't you go and pursue that? But then there's a different level of those called mission stories. And there's like a select two or three of those. And those are actually story related. So that could be to do with finding out more about the auction. Because there is, despite your best attempts to try and figure out what the story is, there is a small story to the whole game. And these mission stories tell it. So they tell a, a component part of it. So it's designed to be replayed to figure everything out. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I think this has got to be hands down the most intricate sandbox I've ever seen mm -hmm. in a game. Um, yeah. The, honestly, the, the, the no joking, it was like two and a half years development. There was so many people worked on it. Each, each AI, each character in that has their own loop. So Nabokov does that stuff, but then that relies on something not happening. If you... Um, do something else. There's a knock-on effect on his loop and a knock-on effect on Dahlia, and it gets—it's so painful the the logic and the AI that goes into it that it's just—I—I I, and I've yet to break it. I've never found myself in a dead end or a space no. where I've, I've done something that's left a mission impossible. Eh, mission impossible. <laughs> um, I know, I know. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I've, so I've screwed up some hits, and they'll run to like a safe house. But uh -huh. you can still get to them in the safe house. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing to do is to booby trap the safe house and then pull the fire alarm or something. You know, something as simple as that gets the job done. So, see, that's 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 where I start running into problems with this game. Not, not like, bad problems, but, like, problems with mm -hmm. me. Um, I am not very imaginative. I am not, oh, hey, if I booby trap the safe house and send him back to his... Nope, I'm just... Well, I could shoot him. Um, that that'll do the job. Uh huh. Uh, so so all of my kills will be the most unimaginative, but efficient kills uh, ever. I, I I see these mission stories right, and I did I did a couple in Paris. Where it's like, oh hey, wow! I never like like when you. I mean, I'll just mention it. Like with the guard, and you hear him over talking over here. I'm talking to somebody on the phone, and you're like, oh okay, I can follow this and. Go do uh, yep. I, I I did one of those per level, but in a million years it never would have occurred to me because my natural way of playing is not to push the envelope of what I can do is to just well well I have to kill him. Uh, I have a gun. I'll kill him. See that's I think that's why I took like in that mission that I hadn't played before with you. I don't take the mission stories like you don't you don't want or I don't want to be led through it. I want to just fight because that moment where you go, 
that in the Paris one, for example, one of the mission stories, which we can say now because it's the most famous one, you actually um, you knock out and then dress up as one of the fashion models. Held me Yep. You then can go to the makeup area and you get dolled up and then you actually catwalk as Helmut Kruger and then you're asked to go and meet Dahlia because she wants to use you as a spy in her spy ring or something like that. So doing that one simple action gets you a free invite right into Dahlia's bedroom and you can just go and hide her in a cupboard. Just a quick point on this though is like I I totally understand the sandbox and I totally understand the sort of freeform nature to the game. But at the same point, there's a little bit of a bad taste in me which sort of says, is there a set number of sideways to do it, which are pretty much, a, you know, a, as long as you bump into this person by the left, then you know, you follow those cues and you're done and that's it. And I know in the options there is an option which lets you turn off getting hints for where to go if you listen in on someone's thing. But is it pretty much... I felt like if I came across a mini objective, like a sub-objective, and followed it through, it would pretty much result in the kill. And that was it. You know, it's like, as long as you do the steps prescribed, um, you're done. I have screwed up a, um, a, a directed objective. Like, you know, I missed I missed a shot or I, I didn't do something when I was supposed to. And sometimes yeah. it dead ends. And like, okay, well, I have to yeah. find another way to get to them. There definitely is because there's the the way they design those mission objectives and the opportunities is they will guide you to the to the point of they will not guide you for that final action on when to twist the thing to drop the the you know the scaffolding on Nabokov they won't tell you when to actually enact the kill they just provide the opportunity and if you're right if you miss it you miss it but then you just have to get on with it and you move on to a different track in the in the game. But yeah, like what was it? it? The the lady. Oh, sorry, Mike. No, no, I'm just, oh, sorry. I was just I was just saying. It seemed it does sound in some cases that you pretty much prescribed an an ending to your as as long as it's a shorter level. I'm saying if it's a long ended level you, with multiple targets, you, you you're gonna be lost for a while. But you get it. It does feel almost like as long as you come across a secret conversation, you're gonna get some sort of result, which is gonna ultimately. Um, Take you you can it. also it muscle your way through. Oh yeah, yeah I have you muscled. absolutely can. Yeah, um, and, but like, and the, you can come back. Oh, sorry, on you oh, go, Dave. I was gonna say, like the lady in Hokkaido, the one that uh, comes out to have a smoke, mm-hmm. and and instead you can become a, a yoga instructor. Yeah, yep. um, I was very curious. I'm like, okay, wait, they're very clearly. I'm waiting for that prompt to push, and I ignored it and just walked away. And I wanted to see, okay. It, can I still get to her another way? And yeah, you can still kill her with the, uh, what is it, the sauna? Yep, you can bake her in the sauna. So, or yeah. you can kill her with sushi. Even if you just decide to, hey, I'm just going to do this to see what happens, but this isn't how I'm going to kill her, mm-hmm. uh, it works out. Yeah. What I mean, happens- You can shoot in the face and run and hide. My, yeah. my, my main argument runs down a different sort of parallel. I feel like the game in itself... In the sandbox environment, it's quite a skill-based game. Of can you, especially on the original season one thing, of can you walk over here? Can you avoid detection from guards, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. But I feel like the second mm-hmm. you bump into someone who says, "Hey, why don't you follow me? I I work in giving back massages, something like that," then all of a sudden it's a case of you have a direct through path 
to hitting your objective without mm-hmm. as much of the skill-based stuff. I, I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like it's two different bits of game Those, meshed together. They are. Those, all the objectives and the mission stories weren't in the original game, like in the during playtesting and, and, and prototyping. It was put in because people felt lost right. in the sandbox. So it's it's entirely optional, which is why I say, I like... I'll I'll make sure that I get two clean kills, mm. and then I'll go and start exploring the mission. Because sometimes they're just really funny, okay. and sometimes they're well written, and you know. But I I like to just do it free form, get mm. it done, and sometimes it is messy. You know, it's not great. Sometimes you have to just shoot them in the head and hide them in a cupboard and run. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, like like here's happens. a good example of um, one I did, and I honestly didn't. Uh, I must have missed a prompt or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's from Hitman 2, but I, I played these back-to-back, so they kind of messed yeah. for me. Um, the one where you're in the hotel and you can dress up as a drummer. Yeah, And become a so drummer. Uh-huh. I, I, I did that mission, and I became the drummer, and I must have missed, like, how to electrocute him. And I was oh, just no. like, oh, is that just a side story where I'm a drummer? Oh, no. okay. See that cutscene where you're drumming? I, yeah. I fucking crack up honestly because <laughs> you know like you start off the first game and you become this absolute like you can strut your stuff on the catwalk like right said fred said mm. um and it, but hitman just he just like you can pick up a piano and just start playing piano just to blend in and stuff like that 47 it, is the best at what he does no matter what that thing oh, is he really is so that drumming scene but i i didn't kill him when I took, I went through the drumming thing. I drummed for him, and then does after that does he not? They just kind no, of okay. Well, that was a recording yeah. session, and that was that. And yeah, and as so yeah, you just miss an opportunity. But it's it's that's it. It's there to just have fun with. For me, it's it's not. I don't. I'm not bummed if I miss out on a mission story. No, 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 but I meant like sometimes I would miss a prompt and not know this was to lead to kill uh, okay. someone. It would just yeah, be, it, oh, okay. It's that final bit. It, it wants to put you in the room with the person, not necessarily tell you how to kill them in that room. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, Mike, to, to, as those were designed to handhold through specific, but I, I think it actually adds a lot because another bit of feedback they got was that even though the place, like Paris was filled with 300 NPCs and folk could kill the targets in any way they wanted and there was things going on, like the makeup area was all hustle and bustle, general reception was that it still felt quite empty despite having all these people. So it, there was no not enough opportunity for player interaction that was guided. So it's, it totally, it makes sense to have them. But... Yeah, there was never really a, a time where I felt lost that I didn't feel it was my fault for bumbling through. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I mean, I know I'm not very good at stealth games, unless it's like Arkham Stealth. I rock at easy stealth. Um, so I, I don't feel baffled by anything. It's, oh, I must have missed something. And then I'll, you know, restart or whatever. Be like, oh, okay, yeah, I did. Like, uh, the, the worst mission for me was Hokkaido. In the first mm-hmm. one, and the or and the second one was a castle with the two ladies, okay, yeah. Yeah. twins. Uh, those two levels were the hardest for me to even pick up a line because it seemed like I could get 
partially through a lot of different lines, but then I would miss a step. Okay. So, so yeah, but that's all me. I, I don't think that's the game itself. No, it's and it's it is. They're all they're all, It's designed to play the way you want to play it. It's proper. It's proper. What was the game? Oh God, I think it's Just Cause, was it not? Was Play Your Own Way. And it had that YouTube video where you could click to go through all the paths to blow someone up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the, that? The grappling hook and, and the explosions and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But I think like Hitman is the actual literal definition of play it your way or have it your way. Like the Burger King logo or slogan or something. I don't know. It just feels so free. I will but- say this game is hands down... Um, the most open-ended game I've ever played. Like, this this seems to accommodate anybody. Yeah. Um, while still being friendly, like, I'm, I'm not near as uh, big on Hitman as you are. This is this is your Monster Hunter, right? Yeah. But for me, it, it's like, this was what I envisioned open-world games being when I was a kid. Of like, okay, I can yeah. do anything. I can I can do whatever I want and it'll somehow accommodate it. This really comes the closest to that ideal. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like if you're trying to build a puzzle, but they sanded off all the pieces and it's just, I don't know, put this together however you want. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so, yeah. That is exactly that. It's, it's just one big, beautiful puzzle with many, many, many solutions. And I will say, it's better than Skyrim. Yep, it is. It is Battle in Skyrim. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, okay, so yeah, like, where do we go? Where do well, we go, Dave? I was going to say uh, one, one of the other weird things is that I'm I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear games, and as a sort of stealth action game to a degree, I think with your with your sort of idea that it's a, a more of a puzzle thing, that sort of matches up to me because I don't think on a gameplay level it doesn't feel what I'd really want from a stealth sort of thing. I think it does work more as a sort of puzzle game, I think. It, I mean, what what do you think of the gunplay? Let, let's say let's say we get into that situation which no one ever expects to happen. Of course, never happened once in my game of just gunning down absolutely everyone. The so, Dave paradox. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, for a start, definitely, like, between Metal Gear Solid and this is not action stealth or anything. This is... And like I said in the intro, it's like social stealth. It's blending in and getting through, but using a mechanic like a uniform to do so, so it becomes the puzzle. It's a bit like that stacking game, and I keep banging on about that, but did you ever play that old Double Fine game with the Russian dolls? Yeah, the Matryoshka dolls? Yeah. Yeah, and and every doll had an outfit, it. and you, you could only do something with a particular outfit. It's very much like that, which is a comparison I never thought I would make until this very now, moment. All right, so um, but the if, gunplay itself is, for me, not the greatest in the world. <laughs> like I don't play it for the guns. No, no, it, it does feel very much like okay, this is your last option. Um, uh, if you're you're shooting someone from stealth, it works fine because you have a lot of time to set up a shot. In an action situation, no, this is this is worse than Rockstar shooting. It's probably the most realistic I've seen because it's like. From the moment you lift a gun up in your hand, you suddenly go, I've already been spotted by everybody, unless you're doing it right. Oh, yeah, yeah. somebody screams and gun, like, and it's scatter. And you will miss a headshot. You will miss headshots because you're oh, yeah. so visible. And it's like, 
that's quite cool because in a lot of games you just you know you aim the second you the gun goes off that's it but it's the second the gun's even seen that that's the the problems kick in here which because you're not used used to it in most games you just you've got a gun in front of you no matter what even if you're speaking to someone to buy things that's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i i am um... Um, that that is kind of an apt comparison to like Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Because, mm. well, uh, I, I'll compare it to Five because Five is the only Metal Gear Solid game that I, I genuinely like. Um, you're right in terms of it doesn't feel stealth the same way that or Splinter Cell or Thief or any other big franchise feels, and I think Craig is really close on the puzzle box kind of feel to it. What he's not saying is the thing that struck me the most is, oh, this is an adventure game. Like, this is very much like a LucasArts adventure game to me. Um, You have to make sure you talk to the right people. uh, You have to be patient. You have to make sure you have the right inventory items. And then things unlock. I mean, you're not rubbing items up against each other going, can I stick the Uh monkey and the stick together? But this feels like an adventure game to me. You do feel like you're not following the narrated path when you sort of you walk up to a box and it says you will need a a, a crowbar to open this box or something. Yeah, like you're that like, you oh go, wait, should I have had mm-hmm. a crowbar by this point? I, I don't, <laughs> I don't quite know. Um, and I, with my adventure game theory, I mean that totally makes sense why you love it so much, Craig. Like, like this feels like you could do an interesting adventure game with this engine. Um, and it, uh, surprisingly, I don't dislike it as much as i dislike adventure games like there's there's something about if you play it correctly it feels like an adventure game if you play it incorrectly it feels like a subpar shooter but if you play it somewhere in the middle you're still fine and i'll I'll give them major props for that yeah i mean like i've had situations i'm not proud to admit where a guard has spotted me um my instinct has been to draw my gun and shoot him in the face and stick him in a cupboard. But I don't even like that to me. If I Even if I finish the mission with that, I will just restart the mission again because it just feels wrong. Like that guy had, that, that had a family. I have, <laughs> I have been frustrated enough with a guard to where I have flicked a coin at his head <laughs> and, and then shot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know what no you're going down buddy um, yeah. but you're right it does feel wrong you don't feel like uh-huh. a hitman you feel like every other video game protagonist speaking of that it's quite it's quite ingenious they do throw those options in like when you were saying about the coins just then I was thinking on one level I was stumped from the off and I thought what do I do and I thought throw a coin over there shoot him in the back of the head all, all done but the fact that you've got like is it five coins you've already got in your pocket at the start of the level anyway and you just go Okay then, it's, it's like they knew they knew some people with lack of imagination would play this game. <laughs> oh, that's very much me. Yeah, you're right. Like, like I would just play like, oh, hey, look, there's a lone mechanic on a dock. Okay, I'll kill him, take his outfit. Where can I go with this? And kind uh-huh. of brute force my way through it that way until I know, and then okay, I'll reload. Like, see, I the, there's two um, there's two types of, or there's, there's two basic types of mesh or layouts for maps that they have in this and when you learn what they are you kind of try and figure out all oh, right yeah i like that one or that one better so they've got like a, a fortress model where your target is in a, a fortress in a locked area in a private area 
and you have to get in and that's where your kind of brute forcing starts to come in like the colorado mission there is no public space you start off and there's nowhere to go you need to immediately get a guard uniform and that level was actually really controversial because of that um because people get so used to what they called a snail model and the snail model is the model that i use for everything as i start a mission i turn left and i will walk and i will walk around the perimeter gently going inwards like a snail shell until you see your target in the middle and on that path round you learn so many things and you see so many things and you get a feel for it that that becomes my my method of playing the game which it just it totally matches up so i the reason i'm kind of like i know that terminology is i watched the documentary on it um and I it can, clicked I as soon as they said that sat there, I was like, Craig, like watching life of pi on one tv and playing hitman on the other <laughs> I, I don't i wouldn't even do, like i i can absolutely load up hitman and if it was a level that i've never seen before i could just go and sit down in one of those areas you know like sit down on a bench and just watch the world go by trying to figure out you know like who a guard is i'll be watching i'll hold down the trigger button to see all the outlines I'll find a target and I'll just watch where they go. Because at some point, you never know, the target could be away up in a loft somewhere wandering about. But every 15 minutes, they'll go down three flights of stairs to the toilet. Or, you know, that's a made-up example. Oh, yeah, but yeah. that's what I look out for. And then that becomes my goal is they're out, they're, they're out of their locked-in area there. That's where I need to get to. And when I'm hidden in the toilet, I will stick their face into the toilet after they've peed to drown them. Um, I would prefer if you just shot them in the head. Uh, okay, so so I have a dumb question for you, and it's not necessarily on Hitman Season 1. It, it, I think this mm-hmm. mission Season 2. Um, the Italian mission, where there's the lab, that's Hitman 2, right? Sapienza, yeah, it's yes. 2. Sub, oh, wait, no, that's, no, that's, Sp- that's Spain, one. isn't it? Huh? Is it, is it the first one or second that's one? Sapienza Season 1. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Sapienza is season one. Jesus, H. McChristmas. Sorry, Dave. Okay, okay. So that, so that is. That's the one where, you know, you got to go into like the Resident Evil lab afterwards, yeah. right? Okay. It's the lab. Yeah. All right. So when the g- delivery guy shows up with the flowers, mm-hmm. right? That's a one-time shot, right? Like if you don't yeah. get it, then that drop happens. It's not like the delivery man comes back to deliver more no, flowers. It, do- it doesn't come back. It's a one-hit. Okay. One-hit opportunity. Right. It's, all right, so 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 that 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 right there, right? Like that's a kind of outside of the standard menu select. That's kind of a, a difficulty select of like, look, there will be missions stories that you can't hit if you're not paying really close attention. Uh, that I think is brilliant. Where mm-hmm. you can have ones that are harder. Like uh, the way I went in was just th- through the guy's apartment. I'll just put it that way, right? Like, yeah. Okay. So. I saw the the delivery. I'm like, boy, there's that's got to be something there, but I didn't jump on it fast enough. Nothing happened. I like how even within missions, there's like kind of a it, it's tracks. Which track do you want to go? And that mm-hmm. gives really big incentive to people to just okay, this time I'm going to take the delivery man track, or this time I'm going to take the priest track, or the, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and the, the fact that you can the the complicated coding behind it the fact that you can skip track at any point and everyone has to react like 
and I'll take that example, but it, this isn't real. If you um, mug the delivery man, take the flowers, go into the mansion, but don't deliver the flowers and instead sneak off into a side room and do something else, the rest of the tracks need to adapt to the fact that the delivery man hasn't delivered the flowers so something else doesn't happen because that delivery triggers another thing. So it becomes really, really complicated and it's just... It's it's just amazing. It's actually just amazing. Like it's, it's very choose your own adventure book. That's a bit like Detroit Become Human. <laughs> oh, that's that's a dire insult, my boy. <laughs> no, uh, I know. Okay, so okay. I, I really wish I'd experienced a lot more of this because I feel like I did not deviate from set A to B's in a lot of cases. Um. <laughs> What I mean, what you can do is you can literally boot up Hitman Two at some point and just purposefully not follow the the mission stories or the objectives or the opportunities and just the first level in Hitman Two is beautiful because it's just a house on a beach and it's really simple. Oh, it's I, but yeah, I, I so really much... did like that. Uh, the thing is, I, I think I like that a bit more than quite a lot of the I, stuff I just, that I see in season one. But that's that's I was just talking a lot to, to Craig today. About that, and I think I think that right there is my favorite Hitman level. That people are coming home, get prepared. Uh, I really liked that because you can do it if you play it enough. You can figure out you can set up a kill and go and hide in the bushes, and just wait until they come home and then trigger themselves to death, and that's it done. Not yeah, not it, to switch us uh, over to season two, but that's very. It's very very well done that level with all the crazy reflections of like the back the background storm and the beaches and the, yep. there's loads of weird visual trickery in there. It's, they must have spent Ooh. ages on it. First. Yeah, let let's um, talk about the visuals for a minute. Mm. Hitman two difference between one and two as well. You can see a reflection in a mirror. You can't do that in twenty sixteen. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah. I thought well, I thought thing. forty-seven was a vampire. Hit, Hitman season two from from just the prologue that I played. It looked absolutely amazing, and it, it played really nice. Everything, everything was great about it. But I think the first game, especially, you know, I'm always going to get HDR in there somewhere. But Hit- mm-hmm. Hitman Season One is a HDR game, and I don't think visually it does as much for me as it does for a lot of other people. I don't think a lot of this Season One does a huge. Mo- I mean. Everybody says Sapienza's jaw-droppingly amazing. It's a visual masterpiece. I've I've heard all that stuff, and for me, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe something think, just doesn't it, match with me. Cutscene. The cutscene. I think the the spec pants look good. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's absolutely sorry. It's me. Um, I was just going to say, on like on a visual spectacle kind of front, I it's it isn't graphic fidelity or HDR or anything. It comes from things like in Hitman 2, Dave, I don't know how much of it you've played, but there's a, a level in Miami that is a Formula 1 race and just the sheer amount of awesome things happening. Bender. It's just like, wow. It, this is just amazing. It looks it, incredible. Dynasty Warriors impressive, and I don't mean Dynasty Warriors has ever been impressive. Uh, well, I mean, You know I mean, what? Let's draw a quick line and just say for a moment, Paris is quite bloody graphically intensive it is quite a good looking thing that, that you know yeah i'll take about paris paris is the exception to the rule for me i think but 
Yeah. The the um, what's his face? The studio director, the current studio director, said they took they took a lot of jip in the start because folk were like, "I have got this beefy graphics card. Why aren't you like? Why why doesn't this do X Y or Z? Why can't I play this?" And he's like, "Because there's three hundred AIs all running at the same time." <laughs> yeah, that's what so, I mean by like. Dynasty Warriors impressive. It's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with HDR on because well, it's just the default now. But none, neither of these games blipped anything on my radar of like, oh, that looks amazing. But it, mm-hmm. but it is the oh, look at everybody moving. Like especially the Formula One track. That is a yep. very crowded area. Honestly, that level is just. We're not talking about Hitman no, Two. No, no, but, but it's my favorite by far. I think they both. Out. Look great from a small studio. I imagine IO is pretty small. Um, By this point, yes. By Hitman 2, they had been um, given a wee pot of cash from Warner Brothers and told to make something work. (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like if I think of this as from a AAA studio with not a AAA workforce, then, yeah, it works perfectly. Like, I think this looks great. I love the way 47 looks. Um, I love all the detail in the voice acting because 47's voice actor is great. Uh, I really like that it they put work into it to make everything look good without spending Final Fantasy 15 amounts of money into making that rock look really nice. You know, everything looks the way it should, but what's most impressive is actually behind the scenes guts of it, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, supposedly they actually did a huge patch at one point, which completely redid all the all the shadows and everything, just to like completely change the style of the game. I can't remember a hundred percent what the visual difference was for me because I, I did play the prologue of this when it first came out, but I, I didn't really notice what I was supposed to be looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know when I played it. I might have played it post patch or pre patch. I don't know. And the, the the prologue or the the training mission for this one is not the best use Ooh, of... I like it. Wait, Excuse are you talking about me? the, 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 the chess one the, or the boat? For the visuals. For did, the visuals. I, did I finish my sentence, Dave? For the visuals, I'm talking specifically about the boat that's propped up with wood and I love MDF. that. It's a great mission, but what I'm saying is visual-wise or spectacle-wise, it's, just, it's not as good as Hawks Bay. You know, like the the house and the beach type. Oh, setup. I'm 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 gonna disagree with you because I think all right. And here's where I'm gonna put on my stupid hoity-toity hipster hat. Um, so the real meaning behind shooting the man in the head uh, <laughs> is actually about fatherhood. It's about family. Uh, no, okay. So the tutorial mission, and we are talking about the boat, not the chest one with the Russian. Yes. Okay. So the boat thing sets the tone, the atmosphere, and just the attitude for Hitman 1 way better than Hawks Bay does. I really like Hawks Bay. But, but, hit the, but the, what, the boat. I think what Craig's trying to say is that that is not a great way to demonstrate what changed in the patches between like brightness uh-huh. or whatever they were trying to do with the game. That's what I was saying. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Oh, not not that it was. Like, it's, a, it's a good. I thought it was an okay tutorial. <laughs> I thought it was good, but yeah, it's, I it's, thought it's you not meant a good visual representation of the change they made. And yeah, I, I mean, I I did notice a few little things, but 
I, it would be nice to pop between the patches and see which, just exactly what changed, I guess. But uh, uh, more than that, it'd probably more, be more important for me to actually install Hitman 2 and do it that way. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I do recommend you, you should totes. Okay, sorry, I mis- completely misunderstood. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, okay, can we talk now, because we are, we are, we're getting close to an hour. Um, can we talk about the giant monumental cock-up? That was how this was distributed. Yes. And to the same degree, Hitman oh. 2. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, the original plan was to have an episodic game to give away their, their method, which is fairly rational. It was fairly controversial, but it was a, a normal decision, was to sell the first mission at a price and then either have people pay the full amount of the game, so 60 quid or whatever, 50 quid, and then get the rest of the episodes over the rest of the year. Or they could pay £10 and get the first mission and then buy each mission. And what they were banking on, again, information from documentary, not just pulled out my ass, is they were banking on 80% of people buying the, the first mission for the £10 and then buying each additional one. But it flipped and they had 80% of people bought the full whack and they all of a sudden had this massive influx of cash but a tremendous amount of pressure to punt the rest of the levels out and by this point um, they were basically getting canned they were losing people left right and centre and they were really 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 struggling but the amount of money they got in the end from the sales afterwards let themselves they bought themselves out of Square Enix and kept Hitman to themselves but now, yeah, that's a great overall, underdog story. But then sorry? they cocked up Hitman 2 as well. Like, this is by far the only game that I've ever had to have a friggin' Excel spreadsheet to go, okay, wait, which DLC do I buy? Uh-huh. Okay, wait, what's included in what pack? This is the dumbest thing about this game, hands down. These guys have kind of, and I, I'm I'm not saying this in they mismanaged the property. Good Lord knows they did an amazing job. They so mismanaged the launch of Hitman One and Hitman Two at the same time. I mean, episodic game. That's that's your 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 uh, depending on personal preference, right? Like I hate episodic games. I think it's stupid. Just let me have the whole game. Yeah. Um, but they continued with this stupid oh here's the gold pack here's the legacy pack here's the, it feels like a and this is why i avoided it for it feels like a free play game but you're yeah. it, it's and not then free there's the the exclusive contracts or what what were they called again i can't remember i've never seen oh. any of these i've never seen them uh, you're talking like sean bean and so on and so forth yeah who was the so one in got... hitman one like was time that? released was it additional... gary gary Busey? oh sorry Oh no! Yeah. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily the elusive contracts. The elusive yeah. contracts are like celebrities, right? Yeah. Well, they're not just the elusive contract. One of them, like it was Sean Bean, they aren't always celebrities. There's also what's his face, Gary Busey. Yeah, Gary Busey. Um, but they they they, they did have running elusive contracts. Um, I I tried to kill Sean Bean. I couldn't do it. Um, uh. I never got a chance to kill Gary Busey. I, I'm kind of scared of Gary Busey. He's a shark with human skin. 
Why are these time-based, though? I mean, the, the, the thing is, they're all locked out now, aren't they, as well? So it's... They're so ex- No, no, you can get them all. Yeah, you can they still have access to them all. Oh, they do keep I on need recycling to buy them. a Legacy or Game of the Year version or Gold version? No, they ju- it's still out. I did Sean Bean not that long ago. Are these accessed only through using Hitman 2 to play Hitman 1 at the current time on the present update using the HDR patch under I compl- I told- 7.5? Do you know the only way... <laughs> the only way the Hitman 2 pack makes sense is the way I have it, where I just bought everything and made sure that there was no button that I pressed <laughs> that wasn't going to open something. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is ridiculous. And I mean, the interface inside the game when you're at the menu doesn't help either. Oh, I need the legacy for this, the gold for this, the origins pack for this. And it, it feels like a friggin' Ubisoft game. And that's, right. that's always bad. My version, when, when you got kicked out of a campaign level, you had to actually go back into a campaign menu to go and pick up after the cinematic you just watched to even continue yeah, the game. Yeah, that's strange. There's no continuity there, is there? Well, I mean, that makes sense in the episodic release of it because you wouldn't have the next one to go to. Nah, but, true. but this, yeah, you can't play it as a full campaign without going back to the menu. It's di- well, it's not, not your job to defend it, Craig. It's fine. It does give you levels... Levels per level. <laughs> so you get level mastery, don't you? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yes, that's cool. It's it's it's, it's 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 an interface. I I'm not I'm not lying or over egging my pudding or anything. I actually really once I figured out what was happening in the Hitman 2 interface, I really like it. Because what you've got is you've got one menu for each of your sandboxes. You can see the level you're at. You can pick that map and then you can decide, do I want to do the story mission? Do I want to do the DLC mission? Do I want to do an escalation contract, which are amazing? Or, you know, like there's all these different things to do and there's well, leaderboards for each one. Why don't you that. explain escalation contracts? Yes, please. Because people won't so know. Escalation contract is your levels will stick with Paris and you hit Paris in an escalation contract and any NPC will be the target. You kill that NPC and then another NPC becomes the target and it starts escalating. So you have to, you go up a level every target you kill, but things start to get more difficult and folk are like, why do all the waiters keep disappearing? And think you know, like things like that. So it, it very much, and they've got their own wee stories as well. So it's not just like a random thing. They've got a like, a random story for a random NPC. Yeah, they're very cool. In yeah, terms of replay value. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan. Now, now the, uh, oddly enough, right? Like, um, and, and this is kind of not final thoughts, but more overarching thoughts. Uh, do you remember how you feel at the end of Bastion? Yes. Where you're like, well, I shouldn't play this ever again. This is This is it. I kind of feel that way with Hitman. And the weird thing is, is I will feel that way with Hitman. Like, my Hitman is done. 8047 made it to the end. He retired. Mm, until I start to play it again. And then it's, oh no, this is amazing. I, I have to play more. Um, and Hitman has ratcheted up as one of my favorite stealth franchises now. And that's a very, very small list, I know. <laughs> but That really is, yeah. <laughs> but it, this is this is really good. Um, but I don't like, um, I still always like to play the same way. Like, I don't have the, like, okay. do you guys have the impetus to when I go back in, I'm going to do kill him with a fish. And when I go back in, I'm going to kill him with yeah. a wrench. 
Okay, I, I mean, don't have, have that. Have you seen the trophy list? The trophy list for this is ridiculous. So apart from mission objectives and opportunities, you also have a completely different um, tracker for all of the different weird things that you can do in a level. Oh, I love that um, grid at the end. It's like boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And there's any number of, and it will take many, many a playthrough to get them all. The pla- the trophy list is ridiculous. It's hundreds of hours, it must be, of replaying missions. But those lists give me a many... Ob- I'll never play the same way twice. I'll always try and find a new way to kill them. So over time... It, particularly in like the, the likes of the Paris mission, because I've played that the most, I'm still finding new ways to kill them because I'm limiting myself by what I've done in the past. So I might use knowledge to get into the room with um, Margola or whatever. Argola, Margola. Jesus. Um, but then I'll, I'll figure out something else. I'll try and do something else with her to see what they've got. And there is, there's heaps. There's just so many different things to do. Um, um, Mike... You can you can, oh, you can booby trap the gavel wee thing so that when oh, she's yeah, doing the auction, right. boom! <laughs> you can yep. blow her up with fireworks. You can you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, uh, guess how I killed her? You shot in the head. I did. Uh, Mike, <laughs> when when you go in and replay a level, do you feel an impetus to play it a different way, or do you just have your preferred way of doing it? Um. I like to I like to pick upon the things I've overheard in previous levels to try and I didn't actually replay any of the levels to be honest. Okay. Uh, but but I did have intentions of this is what I'd prefer to look further into the next time I came through this level. Things like that. Oh okay, so like little little mental bookmarks of like, oh yeah, remember I can kill him with the fish. And remember gotcha. that tragic mistake I made of shooting the professor in the head on the roof there <laughs> when and alerting his son downstairs when I probably could have done something else. I should have been smarter. <laughs> okay, uh, game facts. Right, okay, game yeah. facts. Anyway. Will you, Will you? Uh, in all honesty, or do you plan on going back through Hitman 1? Or are you just going to, yeah, I'm just going to move ahead to Hitman 2? Um, Me. I think I'd dabble into bits. Oh. I still want to see what the Sapienza craze is about because it's ridiculous. I, I've li- I'm not kidding when I say that almost every person I've seen on the internet says... Sapienza is a masterpiece, blah blah blah, and that's it. And I just can't get my head around it. But it, I'd never saw the delivery boy for the flowers or anything, so I, I'm probably missing something. But I would like to just jump into it again to explore further. Yeah, the, the Sapienza is one where when you start and you're looking at the mansion, the first thing you do is do 180 degrees and just start wandering around the town because there's yeah, about yeah. 40 opportunities in the town, and it's just. Uh, what I wanted, the, what that, I was looking for was a sniper in a bell tower because that, I'm sure that was in mm-hmm. the the old Hitman Blood Money. Not Blood Money, uh, yep. Silent Assassin. Okay, so there's is a couple of there? things you can do. You, Yep, what you do is you... Whoa, save I mean, it for the next can, episode. Save it. Okay, just remind me because it's incredibly funny. Okay, all right. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll start wrapping up one... Um, Mike, you want to start with your final thoughts, and then I'll go, and then Craig can go last because you're the yes, the lover boy. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, I'm conflicted, and in a way, I think Hitman's a game I wanted to come back to and really love. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I thought I could potentially. I still think it's a little bit limited, and it hasn't really moved on far from Silent Assassin, Hitman Two. Uh, but at the same point, I see the potential of Hitman Season Two. 
I would like to delve into that further and I think the options are open to looking into this a bit more. Um, I, I like it. I do like it. But it's not, for me, it's not cemented as a classic just yet. But uh, what about you, Dave? That's fair enough. Um, I It's a game I didn't expect to like. Like, like it, it was a game that I was going to play because Craig wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> And then I got blindsided with, oh, hey, I actually do like this. Oh, man, now I have to tell Craig I like it. Um, I, I really like how somebody that's as terrible as stealth as me can still sort of feel like a badass because of uh, all the tracks they've laid down. Mm-hmm. And even though I know I'm not, like, after watching Craig play, yeah, Craig is, is like, another level above me. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm the thug. Craig is the surgeon. Um, but yeah, uh, I like this enough to immediately buy Hitman Season 2 on disc because I didn't want to futz about with any of that stupid pack stuff. I'm like, I'm just buying the disc. Um, and it, it's enough for me to be excited for Hitman Season 3. Um, it, it's actually one game I'm looking quite forward to. I don't, I don't think I play this correctly. And that's, that'll always be something in the back of my mind, but it is the natural way I would play it. And uh, I, I really like how it's not like most other stealth games where they say, no, 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 you're not playing this correctly. Do it this way. Um, stealth is so foreign to me and hard for me to grok that I'm glad there is a stealth franchise that I can play sort of not like a stealth game and still have as much fun as like Craig. So, yeah, um, I highly recommend this game. It, there genuinely is something for everybody in this. The only thing I think is the weakest is um, if you're playing pure stealth, if you're playing ghost mode, right? Uh, I think this is not, you're not going to get the same jollies you get from, like, no killing anybody in Metal Gear Solid or playing ghost mode in Splinter Cell or, uh, like, Dishonored, right? You don't get that same... Uh, joy from being a ghost in this but that works with its sense of humor so I'm, I'm kind of okay with it so yeah that's why i said uh highly recommended you should give it a shot and, it, and it's almost always dirt cheap it is it is that which given that three is coming up it's now's the prime opportunity to play it um two will be on plus the day after you buy it mike or something, you know, something like that. It'll be ridiculous. Well, I'll sacrifice myself to the millions and buy it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, it's flipping amazing. So I, do you want me to talk now, Dave? Or should I just not talk anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 give your final thoughts, man. Uh, honestly, right, I, I don't know if it comes as much as a surprise that I really, really, really like Hitman 2016, Hitman 2, and a bit of what came before it. Uh, even Absolution I I just gel so much with this game and it is part to do with the fact that it's a bit adventure gamey, it's very it, it it's a sandbox but it feels like a creative toolkit where anything's possible that you, like literally like dreams, you know, anything is possible in this world and I'm going to make it happen, it has funny bits in it it, we don't care about the story but it has a story it has <laughs> <You know>? one <laughs> it, uh-huh. but it, it, it just has so much replayability and it, as I said at the start I still haven't finished 
Hitman 2. I've got two levels left of Hitman 2. I am waiting to play them at Christmas. And then I'm going to have a clear month before 3 comes out. And I I am so, so excited for Hitman 3. It's, it's the... You can feel the with ex- VR capability. Yeah, I mean the VR stuff came as a shock, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, that's going to be fun as well." So this, it just, I just cannot wait for it. Um, but in the meantime, you've got twenty sixteen and Hitman two to play. Um, it's just oh, okay. Incredible. So so just just based on your gut, uh, no thinking about it, just gut instinct. Which has the better levels, one or two? Um, I said no thinking. Oh no! No thinking whatsoever. Two. Okay. I I, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Um, two has the weakest level, I would say, but two also has the strongest oh, levels. What weakest level would you pick from two? Um, is it Whittleton Creek, the U.S. suburb? Oh. I kind of liked that because that ah. is a really funny knock on suburban Americana. Okay, that- I I was less fond of it. Un- but understandable, yeah. I I mean, like Hitman One, the the we'll talk about the levels more, but the final level in Hitman One is so James Bond villain that I'm just like, this is incredible. But man, that Miami level, the Formula One level, is just is. Just too good. Honestly, Colorado is by far, I think, the weakest. I mean, Col- it, Colorado has its own challenges. It's got its charms, uh, but uh, if uh, I had to uh, tear them, yeah, it's, it's on the bottom. What about you, Mike? Just, just based on your gut, what was the uh, the the weakest level on this for you? I think it was the the Thailand Resort one. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. While we're at the, it, no, sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to nope. say, um, we're going to close this out, but uh, I would like to make a wholehearted plea to IO Interactive. If, if, if you know anybody that works them there, or if you're one of the employees, please do a James Bond game just like this. <laughs> please. I would love you forever if you did this with James Bond. Mm-hmm. I would also like to make a request, seen as we're speaking direct to IO, could you make it so that Hitman 1 and 2 can be pulled into Hitman 3 in some sort of complicated... Oh my god! <laughs> ...game within a game within a game type thing. I just want a Hitman. Even if there was an option that if you long press the power button on the PlayStation 5, if it just booted straight into Hitman OS <laughs> and everything was Hitman, I would be happy with that. Uh, Alright, so you need to make all of your games backwards compatible with, with Hitman 3. Plus, do a James Bond game. Uh, Mike, would you like to make any requests? Uh, yeah, I'd like um, them to provide an I.O. port to add to the front of the PS5 to enable uh, <laughs> further I.O. entertainment. That'd be lovely. All right, that will work for me. All right, I um, thought you were going to say like, Freedom Fighters 2, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Next episode, we're going to dig in a little deeper on the specifics of each mission. So now would be a great time to go out, buy the game, play it, and then listen to part two next week. Um, As always, if you want us to play a game for you and to talk about the thoughts, you can do so on thebiteffect.com, where we have a nice little post. Um, We have a weird recording for Retro Rewind, so I don't know what's coming up next. 
But I do know that our next big game is going to be a doubleheader, a Punch-Out, or Super Punch-Out, and Punch-Out for the Wii. So if you want to jump on those, go ahead and start those. Uh, other than that, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Say goodnight, gentlemen. Good night, Asian 47. Yeah, say good... I mean, yeah. Um, um, what will I say? That, that was my silence pistol. Thank you.